0: Hello and welcome to today's Catholic News podcast. We're turning our attention to the Middle East today and in particular the churches and Christians of the region. Sitting opposite me is a man who knows the Middle East very well indeed. That's Ziad El-Sayir, Policies and Communications Advisor to the Middle East Council of Churches. Now, sitting here as an onlooker in the West, I suppose you could say at the very least it's a very turbulent region. So perhaps my first question is a little bit obvious, but it's what is the Middle East Council of Churches and what role does it play?
1: The Middle East Council of Churches was established in 1974 to play a key role in the ecumenical movement in the region. The Middle East Council of Churches... uh, is gathering the four uh, churches family in the Middle East, the Orthodox family, Mm -hmm. the Oriental Orthodox family, the Catholic family, and the Evangelical family. And we have, uh, including in each family, many churches. We are around 27 churches. We are equal in governing the uh, Middle East Council of Churches. And the key mission of the MECC is based on three levels. First of all, it is about uh, enhancing the ecumenical theology among uh, all the uh, oriental churches. The second one is to serve the human dignity through the diaconia uh, departments. And the third one is uh, to promote through a communication efficient platform the human dignity, the peace uh, building. These are the three key missions through which the Middle East Council of Churches is, is moving since 1974. Uh, we are empowering uh, uh, the churches to work together and to serve first and last the human dignity in the region uh, without any kind of discrimination. We are not working for the Christians only, we are working for the people, for the human being, for the welfare, and to protect the common good of the people and the region.
0: That's an interesting point, actually. And I'm going to ask you what may seem like quite a difficult question, seeing as we have a limited amount of time in the studio today, which is to give us in as succinct a fashion as you can, something of an overview of the Christian communities in the Middle East. I mean, obviously, Iraq and Syria, we see a lot in the news at the moment. But then you've got the Gulf states, we've got large minorities like the Maronites in Lebanon, not to mention the Arab Christians of the Holy Land. So give us a a, a sort of a rounded vision of the Christian realities in the Middle East.
1: First of all, the Christian in the region, the Middle East are not minorities. They are citizens, like the other citizen and they are partners and responsibility with older brothers and sisters and other religions. Second, these Christian citizens don't need any kind of protection. They are working with their partners and responsibility to build a better future for the region. Of course we are facing uh, challenges. We are working on a crisis area. In Palestine, since nineteen forty-eight, since the Nakba, in Iraq since two thousand three, in Syria since two thousand eleven, in Lebanon we faced a war between nineteen seventy-five till nineteen ninety. But we were occupied after by Syria and by Israel. We were occupied also by Israel in the south. I agree that the citizens in the region are suffering since decades but these citizens are also creators of hope they are trying together to sustain their presence to put an end for this suffering based on a kind of an inclusive citizenship far from any religious discrimination far from any ethnical discrimination but, if I may say, in the region we are still handling the symptoms of the crisis and it's time to handle the root causes. The root causes is about moving from politics to sustainable policies and peace building.
0: You know, I don't want to be trite about this, but it's a difficult region sometimes when it comes to territory, land ownership, so-called. And I think back to when, you know, even if we look at our peace-loving christian confessions i kind of thought it summed it up when you hear about arguments over a ladder at the church of the holy sepulchre for instance isn't it just a really tough region to actually get any sort of agreement on who owns what as it were we are all owners
1: if we will be convinced that we should live together in peace and we should manage in a good way our diversity the problem is, since 1948, we didn't acknowledge that we faced a structural crisis in the region with the Palestine Nakba. Since that time, we are facing a continuous crisis. It's time to change our mindset and to be convinced that we cannot solve a political and security problem by a socio-economic framework. And it's time also that the churches in this region will play a more efficient role in the peace building based on changing the mindset of the political leaders. And this is how the Middle East Council of Churches is trying, through a process we created since six months, to think again the Christian presence in the region based on a peace, a justice and prophetic voices. This is what we need the church can lead a change, a radical change in the region, but also these local churches need also the support of the international church. This is how we are trying to change the mindset in the region. I agree with you that it is not easy, but it's time to handle the root causes instead of handling the symptoms. I will give you a simple example. We have uh, since 1948, million of refugees, Palestinian refugees, in Lebanon, and in Jordan, in, in Syria. And we are trying to integrate them in these communities while we are killing their identities. Our role is also to protect their identities. And we have since 2011 six million Syrian refugees outside Syria, in Jordan, Lebanon, and Turkey, in Iraq. It's time that these people will be allowed to go back. This is how we can serve their human dignity. Of course, we should protect them. We should provide them the support until they're voluntary, dignified, and safe return. But it's time to handle the root causes instead of the symptoms. The humanitarian approach is not enough. And the church should play a key role in the policy processes more than only relying on the humanitarian
0: and charity intervention. Well, I'll pick up on that in a second and ask you what we can do over here in England and Wales to support the churches of the Middle East. But I just wanted to pick up also on that point that you made about the Christians being beacons of hope, people of hope, citizens. How do we reframe this picture? Because all we see over here are civil wars negativity despots you know that the plight of the christians looks quite desperate we hear about mass exodus from the lands of christ's birth death and ministry you know how do we reframe that because you mentioned some really positive things there but can you take everyone with you and get them all on board
1: through listening to the people instead of listening to the news to the analytics to the manipulation sometimes formulated in concept note and policy papers. Do you believe the will
0: is there to do that?
1: Yes. I think it's time to be involved in listening to the people in the region and to rely on their aspirations instead of relying on an international agenda far from their aspirations. We have a lot to do together in the Middle East with the Western
0: communities,
1: and this is how we should uh, build bridges together. And this is the, the slogan of the Middle East Council of Churches: "Building Bridges."
0: Do you know? It's funny you mention that because I was um, reading a book written by a friend of mine, Dr. Harry Hagopian, who used to work at the a Middle friend. East Ca- He's a friend. Middle East Council of Churches. Great guy, and. I was going to ask you a question about language, looking at the way global leaders sometimes conduct themselves and the type of what I would say is fairly dangerous rhetoric, certainly inflammatory rhetoric. And then I read this from from Harry's book, whereby he says, I continue to be conscious of the need to speak in a way that builds bridges rather than barriers, which opens up new vistas of understanding without endangering people and relationships in a fragile and often dangerous Israeli-Palestinian reality. Do you think we need to change the language in order to achieve what you want to achieve? First
1: of all, I agree with my friend, Dr. Rakupian. He is a friend, a colleague, and we are partners in responsibility. We should change further the mindset before changing the narrative. This is first. The second one, we should be convinced that we will not have peace without justice. Peace is about justice. And it's time to put an end for this Nakba in Palestine. The Palestinians tried their best to accept the Middle East peace process. But Israel killed this Middle East peace process. And it's time that this Western community will put a pressure on Israel to stop this permanent resettlement and killing the Palestinians. Why? Because if we want peace, we need a justice. This is very simple. And this is not at all, till these days, a priority for the international community. Through the Middle East Council of Churches, and we have a department dedicated in its work to serve the Palestinian refugees, the SPR, Department Services for Palestinian Refugees, We are lobbying for such a peace and justice. And in the process, Kairos Middle East towards a church global compact, we will be elaborating more on what kind of peace should be supported by the church as a prophetic voice all around the world.
0: Now, I know you've met with some of our bishops, of course, in England and Wales, particularly Bishop Declan Lang, who chairs our international affairs department. And he will be visiting... The Middle East Council of Churches in Lebanon in January, I believe. I'd like to know how important the MECC's relationship is with the church here.
1: This is a very important relation between the Catholic Bishop Conference in England and Wales and the Middle East Council of Churches. And uh, we are convinced that uh, this relation can deploy common efforts in terms of lobbying, creating a policy platform that can influence the paralysis and the peace building in the region. From politics to policies, this is how the Middle East Council of Churches is moving now under the directors of it's Secretary General Dr. Suraya Bashalini. She's a woman. She's the first Secretary General appointed in the Middle East Council of Churches as uh, Secretary General. We are convinced that this relation is uh, crucial, is constructive, is strategic in terms of collaborating to put an end to the crisis in the region and to give people
0: hope. And speaking directly to the Catholics of England and Wales, what would you say to them, potentially about hope, but about how they can support not just Christians, but the people of the Middle East?
1: It is about orienting their lobbying toward the UK government to be more efficient in supporting the people's aspirations in the region, and to stop the injustice, to move forward to a more peaceful and justice context in the region. It's time that the UK government, and here we rely on the Catholic Church in England, but on all the churches in England also, to put a pressure on the government to intervene with all the international community through the United Nations, to put an end for the war in Syria, to put an end for the Nakba in Palestine, to put an end for attacking the protesters and the revolts in Iraq, and also to support the Lebanese people's aspirations toward a more freedom and a more social justice. This is the role of the churches. And let's go back to Jesus Christ's mission. He was always behind, near, and with the most poor people, the most marginalized people, the most suffering people. And he was fighting for their human dignity. This is what we are looking from this alliance and partners and responsibility between the Middle East Council of Churches and the Catholic Church in the UK
0: and Wales and also the other churches. Finally, Ziad, you do seem to be a man of hope in a region that sometimes it's quite hard to see the hope. Tell me why you believe there are grounds for hope in that region, finally.
1: Because we are the sons of Jesus Christ and God. We don't have any solution than creating hope. And I'm coming here from a Lebanese revolution, which is trying to create hope. And after 13 days, we are convinced that we cannot do anything more than creating more hope. This is our mission, this is our vision, and this is how the Middle East Council of Churches is working